0: Before too long at St. John Lateran, which is the, the Pope's actual church located in the outskirts of Rome, there are going to be a new work of art placed to the right of that of St. John Paul II. And the new work of art is going to be that of Benedict XVI. But like all of the art in St. Peter's and in the Vatican itself, it's not painted. It's, it's a mosaic. There's all kinds of little pieces that come together to make a whole picture. Today we've got a, a mosaic of celebrations and if we can put them together, maybe we can get a whole picture of the direction we are being sent to go on, the way we are being called to and what we are called to be sent to do. For today we celebrate, well, not just the Theotokos, Mary the Mother of God, but also, obviously, it is the first day of a brand new year. It is also the day that Pope Paul VI asked us all to pray for peace throughout the world, beginning in 1970, I think, was the first time that this was to be a mass for peace. And and finally, in the old and ancient days, it was always called the, the Feast of the Circumcision. And I think that probably fits in pretty well to give us the picture of what we need to say. We 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 begin with the the incredible proclamation, and the name that title that is given to Mary was first given by the Eastern Church. The Eastern Church seems to have been able to get their hands around it, and they called her the Theotokos. Now, it was a long time before I really began to understand what that Greek word meant you hear it all the time, the mother of God. But when I, I began to really think about it, I began to say, well, this this doesn't make sense. How can a finite mortal human being give birth to an infinite transcendent divinity? How, how can this, this, this mere mortal, because she is the firstborn of us, one of us, fully human, give birth to the one we say is fully divine. And, and of course, the, the answer is that the fully divine one is love. God is love. And what Mary is doing insofar is that she is capable of receiving that love, now giving birth to that love, giving birth to that love incarnate. And the amazing thing and I really believe this is something that you hear me preach about a lot, but it took me, the reason I preach about it so long is because it took me so long to really get it in the core of my being, down to my, my very DNA, to understand that that same divine love that is in Jesus fully and in Mary by participation is in me and you and all of creation. And the stars and the sun and the moon and the sky and the earth and the plants and the animals and and in us in a very special way. And insofar as we love, well, then we have the same power of the Christ. We are called to do what the Christ did insofar as we are capable of loving and we are capable of loving. That's our deepest us. We can run through the streets screaming, my deepest me is God. And, and holding on to that great mystery that is made very manifest in the life of Mary and then her son Jesus, of course. But it's also another day as well. That's one piece of the mosaic. That's one shred. That's one piece of what we need to put together. Because the next thing we need to put together, I think, is what day this is. It's the letting go of the old, beginning the new. Uh, the other day I was counting up. This is my 53rd first of January sermon. And I remember my very first 10 of them. They were all the same. <laughs> I mean, they really were. Because I, I my first one was, I think, about 1968 or 69. And, and, I, and I can remember getting up and saying, of course, the Vietnam War was raging, and I got up and said, Now, this is, this is insane. It will not be that way next year. We're going to do much better next year. And then, of course, at the end of the year, Time magazine had all the events that went on the year before, and there were all kinds of disasters. And so I listed all the disasters of 1970 and 1971 and say, Next year, we're going to do better. Well, guess what? Here we are. I'm not quite sure how much better we've done. And so I finally gave up preaching that, coming to the realization that no matter, no matter what, this year is going to bring joys, is going to bring life, but it's also going to bring pain and suffering. We we really are a people in travail. We really are people who make one step forward, a half a step back, two steps forward, one step back. And, of course, it is always the one step back that brings us to a deeper realization of who we are called to be. And so our response has to be, because it's not so much of trying to make this world so much better just by our willing it, but how we act in the midst of it. How do we act and not react? And I think so much of what causes so much pain, unnecessary pain in the world, is our reacting instead of acting out of the core of who we are, out of the base of our being. We react and I think, well I certainly think that the modern world and especially the modern media and especially the internet wants us to react. You know, in in Newtonian physics for every action there's a reaction. Well, I think they want to give us a chance to react to whatever the action may be. And that's a dangerous thing because it makes us polarized. It makes me the good guy and them the bad guy. And they are all bad and I am all good. And then we find ourselves in the politics and and even the religion of resentment and anger and accusation. One of my favorite stories is that of, of Sidney Sydney Harris, who, who, who once said, uh, uh, well, you, I, those of us of a certain age certainly remember who he was. He was a great columnist and wrote some beautiful essays. And They said when he was walking down in New York City, he would pass the same uh, magazine and newspaper salesman every day. And of course, the magazine and newspaper salesman couldn't stand Sidney Harris didn't like his writing, so every day he would curse him out, and every day Sidney Harris would pay for his newspaper and then give him a big, fat tip. And his buddy says, what are you doing? He says, that man was just cursing you out. He says, does he curse you out like that every day? He says, absolutely, every day. <laughs> he says, and do you always... Act in the same way? He says, Oh, absolutely every day. He knows his tip is coming. He says, Why? And Harris says, Because I'm an actor, not a reactor. I'm an actor. I choose how I will respond. I do not have to follow the laws of Newtonian physics just to fight back as long as they're fighting with me. We live in the world of doubling down. We live in the world of getting back. We live in the world of revenge. It cannot be that way with us. Why? Because we've got that, that secret sauce that St. Paul talks about in, in Romans today. You're, you're the daughter of, of God. You're the son of God. As proof that you are the daughter and son of God, God sent his very stuff into each and every one of us. He sent into our hearts his very spirit that allows us to call out, Abba, Daddy, Father, Father. No separation between a father and daughter. No separation between the father and son. The power of the father is the power of the children. And we have that power. Our holy work is to exercise it and to come to the realization that he or she is I. And we really are one. That our deepest reality is exactly the same. Oh, to come to that deep and profound realization really does change everything. Uh, The the third mosaic piece is the one that uh, Pope Paul VI asks us to insert into this liturgy. It will be in our prayers of the faithful today, and it's a prayer for peace. He said, every beginning of the new year, we are to pray for peace, for a new peace. I remember clearly, I was in the seminary when we watched Paul VI make that first pilgrimage to the United States. The popes did not do that in those days. But he went to the United Nations and he said in French, I can't repeat the French, but in English it was, No more war. No more war, never, ever, again. And he repeated the statement a number of times in his talk to the United Nations. Well, we know. We know. Right now, at this moment, even as I speak, there are 30-some wars going on in the world today. Some of them civil wars within countries of sisters and brothers who have the same ethnicity, but they're fighting over Oh, the silliest of things, the narratives that they bought into, the lies they've been told, the stories that they've heard, clinging to them that they have to be right and righteous. And of course, the ugliest we know is the one that's going on in the Ukraine right now. Even as I, and today, today, the beginning of the new year, there was utter bombardment again in the city of Kyiv. We ask, how can Evil be incarnate. How can one person cause that much pain in the world? And how do we stop it? that's where our problem is. What what can I do? How, How do I stop a war? How do I become, well, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the daughters and sons of God. We've already been told that we are the daughters and sons of God. We have the power to make peace. But we have to begin with our own civil wars, as everybody knows. Someone with whom we may be at war with—maybe a mother-in-law, a daughter-in-law, a child, a parent, uh, a boss, a coworker—that that, that needs to know the healing power of forgiveness. I told the people in in in. Uh, Carol stream this morning that somebody's waiting for a phone call. Someone's waiting for that call that has not come for the last five or maybe ten years. It is the call not just to wish you a happy new year, but maybe a new life together, of healing, of reconciliation. Well, let there be peace on earth, and we always finish it by saying, and let it begin with me, in my local circumstances, in my local situation. Finally the last piece of the mosaic. That I think begins to paint the picture pretty clearly. As to where we are to go. Is that of the circumcision. Strange. Strange feast. But yet it was, it was the. The ritual. For the Jewish community. And of course Jews, Jesus was not to be an exception. On the eighth day. He was to be circumcised. And I, I, I was thinking, what in the world was the meaning of that ritual? Why was it so terribly important? And I think it became important because there is a, a, at least symbolic belief that that which is the locust of power, human power, creation, needs to be circumcised needs to be cut around, that we realize that we don't even begin to think that we act independently and alone and separate from by our own domination power. That's the power of circumcision. Paul tries to make that so very clear with the Judaizers who are constantly trying to tell the Gentiles that they need to be circumcised. And Paul's saying it's not the physical circumcision. And we know that physical circumcision, well, it, it, it it's not the be-all and end-all of life. And, of course, female circumcision is, is the end-all of so much life. But what needs to be circumcised? The heart. The heart, the human heart. That's what we need to cut around. It says that we are not independent. We are not separate agents. We are not God. But we are in communion with God, and we have the power of God. We put these together and we, we have a true mosaic. You know, I began by talking about the mosaic that's going to be going up of Benedict Sixteenth, And you look at his life, and it really is a mosaic of many, many different pieces. And they're very different. You know, we don't remember, but he was, as a young theologian, one of the fathers of Vatican II. One of the real heroes. A pariti for the... German cardinals to write the, the documents that were written. It wasn't till he and, and it was with with uh, at Tubian and they were marching on the university that he got scared and went back a little bit and sooner or later became known as God's Rottweiler. You didn't mess with Joseph Ratzinger. And then he became the the Pope. I can remember Channel 2 News came out to see me on the day that he became the Pope. And I can remember the first words out of my mouth were, aw, shucks, but I don't think shucks was the first word. <laughs> and I went down and, and, and they, they asked, can, can I make a statement? And of course, I said, you know what? Joseph Ratzinger went in. Benedict Sixteenth came out. We are all capable of growing and changing. And and nobody made greater changes in his life than he did. It, it, It was 600 years ago that the last time somebody says, this is more than I can handle. Can you imagine the humility that took? The honesty with himself that that took? the obedience to the power of the divine love inside of him that that took. So the, the, the mosaic of him is going to have many, many different facets, many beautiful facets. And that's the mosaic of our lives too. The going forward, the falling down, the coming back. But we know what the basis is. We know what's at the core. Yeah, the core is... is nothing less than the divine presence in us and the power to bring about the kingdom, to usher in the kingdom, to bless, to bless. And so today we, we leave ourselves with the blessing that we received at the very beginning, at the first reading. It is the blessing that Moses gives to Aaron to give to the people. It's a blessing of love and mercy and peace. And so we hear, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. And the people said, Amen.